It's September 13, 2017, and welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. First up, we're going to share a couple of upcoming events. It's going to start with a national conference to help you find funding for your idea, and then a workshop called Envision, Strategize, Actualize 2017, an action plan for tech-based workforce development. And then we'll learn about a new organization called Cyber Hawaii, and t- uh, we'll be talking to Jennifer Sabas and Clyde Sonobe, both organizers for uh, Cyber Hawaii. But as mentioned, first we'd like to announce the SBA, SBIR Road Tour is coming to Hawaii. That means federal program managers that represent $2.5 billion in early stage funding will be here to meet with you. If you're an innovator, entrepreneur, researcher, postdoc, graduate student, or a small technology firm, you should try to take advantage of this coveted opportunity to meet one-on-one with program decision makers. This is part of the uh, biannual SBIR conference and is hosted here in Honolulu by the HTDC. So get your calendars out. This event, this conference, will be September 18th and 19th at the Waikiki Beach Marriott Resort and Spa in the Waikiki Ballroom. If you want more information, you can go to www.htdc.org slash SBIR2017. Very good. And I'll put that up on the show notes later on tonight. And for the second event, we now want to welcome Sam Sneed from ESNA Law to talk about the Envision Strategize Actualize 2017, an action plan for the tech-based workforce development. Sam, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Welcome. So this is a this is the second uh, conference that you're putting on, and uh, tell us a little bit about how it's sort of maybe evolved from year one to year two. Right. So our Envision Strategize Actualize conference. It's really all in the name. And so last year was our first conference. And what we did is we gathered a bunch of thought leaders from across industries from around the state um, to talk about what are really the issues of the day, um, technology that you should be aware of, that you should be taking advantage of, issues with bringing that technology on for your workforce, and really what are the areas that we're not looking at in Hawaii that we should be taking advantage of or maybe need to be preparing for. And so out of that conversation, uh, we realized one of the big, big issues facing Hawaii is the skills gap in our existing workforce and coming up in our workforce of tomorrow. And so this year, what we're doing is we thought of um, our conversation last year. It was a little more of a traditional conference um, in that we talked about, you know, here's what the situation is. And we had panels of speakers, and it's fantastic. And that was sort of like the envisioning of here is what the environment is. So this year, what we're doing is we're moving on to sort of the strategize phase. And so we wanted we took a look at the conference format. And when you go to conferences on tech, they tend to be very targeted. They go really in-depth. But lots of times, the flow of information is very one way. So you have a panel of speakers, and they tell you what you ought to know, and that's great. But what we thought was really lacking, especially um, in this discussion about what our workforce of today and tomorrow need, is really audience participation. And so what our conference this year is aiming to do is to get all of its participants involved to basically in four hours hash out a strategic plan for how do we basically decide, get on the same page of here's what we want our workers today and our students who are going to be our workers tomorrow to know here's how we're going to teach them and here's how we're going to make sure that they stay and they work and they succeed in Hawaii. 
Well, mm-hmm. so I have to ask, is there a correlation between the name of the firm, ESNA, and the name of this conference, Envision Strategized and Actualized? Yes, there is. Oh, what a coincidence. Does that mean next year's conference might be the actualized conference? Yes, definitely. So this is the strategized conference. Right, right. And so ESNA is also the the name of our firm, and it sort of describes how we do work. And so looking forward in the third stage of our conference series, um, what we're hoping to do is to then come back and reconvene all of our participants and sort of showcase the work that we've done in the last three years and to sort of benchmark where we go from there. Um, And it's really, um, it's basically a proof of concept for our firm and what we try to do for the people we work with. It's how we do work and how we help our clients basically envision, strategize, and actualize their goals. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of the strategizing, will the strategies that come out of the conference be something that the participants can actually implement in terms of their relative, you know, their respective works, works, uh, workplaces? Yes, that, that is the goal. And so one of the big things that um, we wanted to do was to identify and sort of showcase a couple of great examples around the state. So um, again, the conference is focusing on STEM and cyber um, skills in the workforce. And it is a very top of mind um, topic for mm-hmm. a lot of organizations around the state. And there are a ton of people doing work on this. And there are a lot of successes and pockets of, you know, great examples. And so what we are doing is we've asked a couple of um, a couple of those programs to basically present on here's what's working for us and here's how it could work maybe in your industry or in your shop. And so we're going to have um, Doug Simons representing the Mount Kea Scholars Program and Isla Young uh, representing mm-hmm. STEMWorks, right. the K-12 workforce mm-hmm. um, pipeline. Now, in terms of the, <clears throat> the companies that are potentially your clients, uh, they're the, the, the general business environment here in Hawaii. Uh, do you also see new businesses <clears throat> forming as a result of some of the technologies that we're, you know, we're now kind of encountering? Definitely. And that's one of the things that we talked about last year. And I I think that is going to continue in the discussion this year. Um, And Hawaii is an interesting place to look at tech and developing tech and how the workforce, um, you know, develops around that. Because even though we live on islands, there's the saying that no person is an island, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're very small. We're very isolated. But we also are in our individual lives very connected. And so what we try to help our clients with is basically to connect to the rest of the islands and the rest of the world. And so we see this conference series as being part of that where it's not necessarily – it's basically to help – the environment and the communities that we live and work with come together and learn from one another. Because it's all too easy to, end of the day, you go home, you don't have to talk to anybody outside your shop, and so nobody knows what great things you're doing in your shop, and then we all end up reinventing the wheels in our own little shops because we never come and talk to each mm-hmm. other. Well, it sounds like a good event, and not to steal your thunder too much, but of course, you will also have a preview of Cyber Hawaii at this conference, and we're going to well. be talking to them after uh, this short break. But uh, for your event, for Envision Strategize Actualize 2017, um, when does the event happen, where does it happen, and how can someone sign up to participate? Right. So the event is September 21st. Um, That is next week. It's going to run from 8.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m., so just a half day at Aloha Tower Marketplace Mm. in the multipurpose room. Um, So you can sign on and find out 
um, find out a little more about the conference online at Eventbrite. So the URL is envision-strategize-actualize-2017 at eventbrite.com. All right. And we will, of course, put the link on our show notes at bitemarkscafe.org. Very good. Sam, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. And of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Jennifer Sabas and Clyde Sonobe to talk about Cyber Hawaii. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Akahi Ornish Lifestyle Medicine, Hawaii Pacific University, and Ulupono Initiative. I'll turn it on in the living room to hear Prairie Home Companion or just to have the beautiful classical music on in the background. I'm an addict of Morning Edition, and when I'm fortunate enough to be going home during the hours when All Things Considered is aired, I always tune into that as well. I mean, it's the preset on my radio dial in my car. Member-supported Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Now joining us are Jennifer Sabas and Clyde Sonobe. Jennifer, owner and of the consulting firm Kaimana Hila, and of course she's the former chief of staff for Senator Dan Inouye. Clyde, meanwhile, is the former CIO at the Department of Education and a longtime IT professional here in Hawaii. And of course, I want to find out what was the genesis of Cyber Hawaii. We want to welcome you both to Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Great. Now, who should I toss this question to? Jennifer, I mean... Where did the idea of Cyber Hawaii come from? Sure. So um, I had the opportunity to be in in Washington, D.C., and we were together with some university um, senior officials, and President Dave Lasner asked us to meet with the founders of Cyber USA. Mm -hmm. It was very recently formed. It was only formed um, um, just about a year ago in October. And the goal was to form a national network that was made up of nonprofits representing the different states. The leaders of Cyber USA really had come out of the federal government, and they were at the time they were very focused on critical infrastructure sectors. Mm-hmm. But then they realized that you really had to do a whole of community approach. That you could you could um, provide additional information to the financial sector or the utility sector, but it was really the broader community that also needed to be a part of being more resilient, being safer. You know. Um, um, doing the right practices. And so that was how the organization was formed. They reached out to different states to form nonprofits. Mm-hmm. And so I think we are the, I don't, the 15th state or the 16th state. that. Mm. Uh, but there were about seven founding states that moved forward. Yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, how successful was the launch of Cyber USA in, in sort of influencing the other 50 states to take part in this network? So I think they started with seven states. That's correct, seven right. And I think they're, current, they're currently up to 21 or 22 states. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. They, their growth has been, and has been significant since uh, the fall of last year. Oh, great. Now, Clyde, as a longtime IT professional, I'm sure you, like me, are at sometimes um, kind of interested in the persistence of the term cyber, right? It kind of came in a wave in maybe the 90s, and then we're like, okay, now it's the information superhighway, and then we're going to come with all these terms, and then cyber has sort of returned, not to mention a network television show that does cyber very badly. But uh, <laughs> how do you, do you see this organization kind of interfacing with a number of other 
kind of initiatives that are towards cyber, uh, whether it's um, cyber like patriot cyber or patriots or, or cyber hui, yeah, they, Gen Cyber. There's right. a, there's, there's a lot of cyber of, everywhere. Yeah. Yes, there is. And uh, Cyber Hawaii really is intent is to really bring together these organizations that exist and to create an environment of a, a community of communities to uh, bring them together and to um, really maximize the efforts that these entities are currently, um, you know, putting their efforts forward on. Well, you know, so the ones that we just mentioned, like Cyber Hui, Cyber, um, Gen Cyber, Cyber Patriot, they are primarily education. revolve around education and trying to get students interested in the whole cybersecurity field. That's, that's correct. Where, what would you say the mission of Cyber Hawaii is? So I think there are three three basic missions. So it's it's education and workforce, right? So all of those organizations, you know, and we've begun to as methodically as we can reach out to them and encouraging them, you know, to be part of. Because I think our goal in the education um, workforce side mm-hmm. is to help connect the dots, bring resources together, and then celebrate success, you know, of those organizations, right, and, and the successes that they have. I think the sep- second mission, which is really where Clyde focuses a lot on, is threat threat mitigation as well as um, information sharing. And then the third is innovation and economic development. And on the economic development side, you know, it was important for us to make sure that a lot of the senior um, IT providers were part of the organization. Because if we're going to be a more safe, resilient community, we need to make sure that our providers right, are, you know, have the latest technology and have the capabilities and capacity to then service our business community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is definitely kind of wide ranging, even uh, Dev League, who we've talked about quite a bit, they've launched their cybersecurity cha- track for their uh, coding boot camp to, again, work on workforce development, helping people find a new career, but also serving a critical need in Hawaii. Uh, if I could step back briefly, when we use the term cyber, it does sound like the the core of that is cybersecurity. We're talking about securing our systems, whether it's for national security or corporate security and things like that, correct, Clyde? That's correct. Um, you know, as, as you mentioned, Ryan, uh, previously, uh, most folks focused their um, efforts on protecting their networks and their infrastructure, and then it became protecting the critical data. And um, as, as, you, as you know, the, the DHS has designated 16 critical infrastructures, um, and that's what Cyber Hawaii is focused on is working in collaboration with DHS and focus, focusing on those 16 infrastructures. Um, um, you know, infrastructure is important, but um, I believe that the data that our infrastructure houses is of much more critical nature. But given um, the, the federal or the national background of this, obviously mm-hmm. – um, uh, government, you know, public sector is a component of, of what you're going to be doing, in, too, yes. in terms of uh, yes. letting groups work together. So so if you look at the structure of Cyber Hawaii, we have our founding members um, who are from the commercial sector. We also have our strategic government partners, um, such as the DHS, um, NSA, PACOM, the FBI. But we also have strategic um, organizations that are um, identified and are working with us the Chamber of Commerce, as well as um, ISSA, mm-hmm. ISSA. Mm-hmm. That organization has just come on board as one of our um, strategic or, uh, organizational partners. So we are reaching out not only to the corporate sector and the government sector, but also the other organizations, uh, Cyber Hui, Cyber Patriot. Um, InfraGuard. InfraGuard, right. Right. So we're, we're, we're trying to make this as broad-based as possible. Well, obviously, the importance of cybersecurity is, is – uh, Kind of tantamount. I mean, there doesn't a week doesn't go by where there's some major breach that's going on, like you know, like Equifax going on right now as we mm-hmm. speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, has um, 
in terms of Cyber Hawaii, is the emphasis on trying to get companies to understand the importance of embracing cybersecurity in their workplace? Because, I mean, before it was like a nice to have to look at maybe some some kind of uh, security strategy, but now it's like you need to have it. And so is Cyber Hawaii I mean, something that you want to emphasize that? Well, as we meet with our members, you know, all of them um, – all of them to, to a company has um, made the statement that cyber has to be part of their core mission in terms of their business. Um, at, uh, previously, some of them mentioned that cyber was an afterthought, mm-hmm. but it is now part of their business mission to ensure that they address the issues of cyber and how, how they protect their customers' data. So, Jennifer, can we talk a little bit about the workforce development side, whether it's uh, independent programs like Dev League, or certainly we're seeing more programming in even our primary or elementary schools and things like that. Uh, what is the, the either your vision for this organization or maybe just bringing in kind of the focus that the national organization brings, uh, where you would see putting a lot of, of emphasis or resources to work on creating that next generation of cybersecurity professional? Right. So thank you for that. I, you know, it starts, it starts at the elementary school and it goes all the way up. And so there has been a lot of work between the University of Hawaii and the NSA. Um, with regard to certifying programs, so certifying a two-year program at Honolulu Community College, certifying a four-year program at UH West Oahu, mm. and then a center of excellence in research at Manoa. And so I think the goal is to get to get young people interested, not only in STEM, but coding and opportunities going, you know, and then, um, you know, Waipahu High School, you know, with, with Keith Hayashi has done a terrific job in doing an early, early college credit program. And so I think the interest is, you know, to get all the resources focused together and to, to do pathways, to set the pathways up and then to start see the, seeing the students, you know, move through. Um, and it's not only, you know, about um, our DOE and the University of Hawaii. You know, Shamanad is doing some pretty exciting things. Kamehameha Schools is doing exciting things. Iolani, yeah. right, Marinol. And so I think it's, it's trying to, you know, be a convener and, and, and find those opportunities. Well, let me ask you a little bit about the DOE, though. I mean, certainly we're seeing pockets of excellence in certain schools. My company worked with uh, teacher Stephanie Mew out at Kapuna Hall mm-hmm. Elementary, and she brought in Chromebooks, and we helped donate Chromebooks, and they did uh, code, mm-hmm. uh, an hour of code, and their kids are very, you know, engaged in this. But it doesn't seem like that there's a full curriculum for, for all schools, at, at least a starting point for something like that, Clyde. What what the DOE is looking for is we're we're looking for schools that um, have the ha, have the um, the motivation to start these programs, and we understand that there are schools that are going to be on the leading edge of these things, uh, including Waipahu High School and mm-hmm. including Lelehua High School. Mm-hmm. But obviously, the goal is to create pathways that gives all of our students um, the ability to take advantage of these types of initiatives. So. Um, as time goes on, as these programs start to proliferate, then the, the goal, obviously, is to have these replicated in as, as many schools as possible. Well, so. Clyde, maybe you can hit, oh. And I think it's also to connect the dots, right? It's one thing. So Kapunahala is my alma mater. Awesome. Um, but it's also it's, it's getting kids excited but demonstrating what the pathway is, right? So if you continue down this path, you're a junior in high school, you know, trying to make a decision as to where you're going to go, the ability to connect the dots so they can see the pathway or their parents can see the pathway to mm-hmm. right to a job in the sector, right, which is a solid job, pays very well, and, and does important work. 
Right, and 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 it's important to note that it takes the partnership between the DOE as well as the university system, including the community colleges as well as the four-year campuses. Right, they're building a bridge to the same yeah. point Correct. in the middle. Exactly. Correct. <laughs> what we want to do is create that pathway that Jen was mentioning is to give the students the vision of how their work in the high schools and in the DOE can translate into credits within the university system and how they can come out of the university systems with job opportunities here in mm-hmm. Hawaii. You know, I do want to ask you some other questions about how you see all of this sort of fitting together. I want to hold that thought. We'll be right, at, right back after this short break to continue our conversation with both Jennifer Sabas and Clyde Sonobe about launching Cyber Hawaii. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa, and we're talking about the creation of Cyber Hawaii with Jennifer Sabas and Clyde Zonobe. And, of course, right before the break, we're talking about some of the different sort of pathways in schools. And what I'm curious to, to hear your take on is there is definitely interest in cybersecurity because of some of the programs like like uh, Gen Cyber and, and Cyber Patriot. But there's also a movement. In fact, we'll be talking to a group next week called the Computer Science Teachers Association. And there's, a, there's an emphasis in trying to get uh, computer science as a curriculum into DOE and, and education, see if that curriculum can uh, be systemically implemented, I guess, throughout the, the education. I'm wondering, how do, how do these things sort of intersect with each other do you want to get students more into sort of the, the computer science or do you want them to kind of focus in on cybersecurity? And, and, of course, if I put my data hat on, I would love to see more data literacy also embraced you know, in the schools. There's all this stuff that's happening. How does it all fit together? Um, you know, I can only comment um, at, during my time at the DOE. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am a, a former DOE employee, but um, the vision that, that we had previously was that we set uh, a foundation for students not to be specifically identified in cyber or in computer science, but to give them a foundation where as they go through their high school career and into college, we give them a foundation to choose really what what interests them as they move through that progression. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So to to peg someone as a, a cyber, uh, cybersecurity person in the ninth grade or a, mm-hmm. or a computer programmer in, in, a, in a ninth grade, I think, is... Uh, is not fair to the student. You you have to give them the foundation, expose them to various opportunities, and let and let them decide as they move through their ed- education path. Mm-hmm. Now, Jennifer Clyde mentioned, you know, looking for the schools that have the motivation. I think a lot of it is if you have that teacher, that visionary teacher who's who has the interest or even the background. And I know just from my own experience, too, that finding teachers that have specific technical background might be a challenge. So is there a we're talking about these students, but is there a train-the-trainers aspect of this program? Is there a way to help empower teachers to become computer science education or sure. uh, edu- educators? Right. So, you know, the University of Hawaii has done a terrific job um, together with NSF um, funding to do those gen cyber camps. I mean, it began maybe two or three camps focused on students. I think there are over a dozen over this past summer, and a majority mm-hmm. of them were actually focused on teachers. So I think they clearly mm-hmm. recognize the need that you need them both, 
Right, you need to be able to you know get teachers engaged as well as the students. And we talked to uh, Oceanet about their Altino, uh, Altino oh, yes. coding yeah. cars. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, coding, yeah, coding. So maniacs. there's a lot of different kinds of avenues that people can take, and I think it's just going to increase in terms of the opportunities Correct. that student can, students can have in terms of choosing you know which area they want to focus in on. Yeah. Right, and I think we have to give a shout out to Maui College and Deb Nakama, Vice Chancellor at Maui mm. College. She's brought in a lot of uh, federal funding, NSF grants, um, mm-hmm. specifically on computer science. And she's working very closely with the schools, not o- high schools, not only on Maui, but on Oahu, to do not only um, curriculum, but also teacher professional development, mm-hmm. to, to, to build that foundation within the, the DOE schools to, to have that uh, capacity to continue that computer science education. Now, can you talk to me a little bit about the structure of Cyber Hawaii? Is it a membership organization? I mean, is there a charter, board of directors? Do you pay dues? Or is it, you know, more kind of a coalition of loosely affiliated people with the same driving interest? Yeah. Well, so it is a member um, dues-paying organization. We started um, with our founding members, um, and so they, they, it's the annual dues-paying members. Our goal really is to, to make it a more um, – to get down to the more retail, um, to – to target more of our medium-sized businesses, right? The senior businesses and the IT providers that really do make up the founding executive committee um, are our corporate leaders um, mm-hmm. in Hawaii. And we felt that it was important for us to start there because you lead by example coming out of the C-suite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the goal, though, is a more medium-sized business, um, right, that can start to think about cybersecurity and, and you know, find ways um, in, you know, in a marketplace to become more safe. But it's currently Jews-oriented with, with governmental strategic partners. You know, and, and Clyde, you mentioned this uh, sort of threat mitigation. What kind of information resource will Cyber Hawaii provide to your members, uh, you know, as a result of the resources that Cyber, Cyber USA might provide? Well, what, one benefit of being a member of Cyber Hawaii is you have, we have access to a threat-sharing platform called TrueStar. And TrueStar membership allows our members to input Threat, infor- threat information incidents on an anonymous basis. So um, information that is inputted is sanitized. It's not attributable to the entity mm-hmm. that's inputting that information. And it, it I think hopefully it uh, encourages people to do more of that sharing so that the community as a whole can take advantage of, of, of that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it not only allows our Hawaii members to share information, but it also um, allows us to get information from other Cyber USA states. So as the number of states starts to increase and the number of members start to participate and input data into this platform, it just helps uh, not only Hawaii, but all the other states that are participating members as well. So, Jennifer, can you tell me a little bit about the Cyber Hawaii calendar? I mean, now you're, you have your founding <laughs> members. You're putting the word out. You're reaching the right audience here on a science and technology show. But does this build up to a conference, a launch? Yes. Um, what's the next step for yes. Cyber Hawaii? So we are proud to announce that we will do our formal launch on October 4th as a part of the Future Focus Conference, which is put on and sponsored by the University of Hawaii and the Hawaii Business Roundtable. So our launch is over lunch um, on the 4th. We have um, a run-up of panels and discussions. You know, we're proud um, to bring to town um, Lieutenant General Paul Nakasone, who is the new head of the Cyber Army Command, um, and also has his has roots in Wahewa. His dad still lives in mm-hmm. Wahewa. Um, a, a very, very impressive um, leader and speaker. And we also are bringing the dean of the College of Cyber from the National Security Agency. Fantastic. Um, as well as the head of 
the National Institute of Cyber Education for our educators. So there's a lot going on. The president of CyberUSA will be headed to Hawaii as well to, to participate in the formal launch. So we've got a lot of activities. And I think part of what Cyber Hawaii can do is bring in these external speakers mm-hmm. and provide them to all of our members, you know, not just the Cyber Hawaii members, but all of our affiliate associations. All right. Well, uh, you can learn more information at cyberhawaii.org. We will also put the link and more information on this conference on our website at bitemarkscafe.org. Very good. And, of course, Jennifer Sabas and Clyde Sonobe, they are both the primary organizers for Cyber Hawaii. We want to thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you you for having us. And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we'll talk about a new organization called the Computer Science Teachers Association. And, of course, if you miss any part of this this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. If you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email us at feedback at bitemarks.org. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. And you can follow me at Hawaii. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us here every Wednesday on HPR One. And of course, you want to stay safe, and we will see you back here for another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Oh,